Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Really? That's all I get today? How are you doing today? Come on. It's another day. The Lord is good, right? The Lord is good. Well, uh, actually, I, I wasn't planning to do this, but I, just, I was just thinking about it. Before we even get started, um, I think I'd like to just take a minute. I know it's been 15 years since everything happened. It's 9-11 today, right? And so it's been 15 years. And, and for, I, I heard today or yesterday, within the last couple of days, that this is the first time in high school that, uh, that 9-11 will be taught as history because the freshmen coming in weren't alive when it happened. And, and so it's, but it's not history to many of us. It's very fresh still. So I just want to uh, take a minute and let's just pray. Pray over the people who, who lost loved ones in that and, and who were greatly affected by it. So let's pray. Father, uh, you are a great God and we are so blessed to call you Father. And Lord, there are so many people in our country and really around the world who today is, is a great day of grief because of a loss, because of what happened and Father, we know that, uh, that you are the healer and that you can uh, work on people's hearts, but loss is not easy, Father, and, that, and, and really the anger and the things that, are, that result as grief or as loss um, in our lives can take hold of us. We pray for those people today who are struggling with losing a loved one or, or something like that in the, in, the, in the attacks that happen, Father, and we just pray that you bring peace to their day today. Bring peace to their heart. Help them to understand that you have a purpose for them. Father, I pray that today some of them who are grieving will decide to go to church or will be contacted by somebody who loves them, who knows you, Father, and it'll be a chance, an open door uh, for somebody to speak into their lives and and see them saved, see their lives changed, see them become one of your sons or your daughters today. And we praise you and we thank you that you are more powerful than anything that's ever happened here and that you have the power to change everything for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So anyway, um, when you came in the door today, you were handed a little card. Did, did, uh, did everybody get one of those or most everybody? So the, the usher should have handed you uh, what, what is a pledge card for our new campaign. Everybody say yay. All right. Yeah, I'm excited about it today. But, uh, but if you didn't get one of those pledge cards and you need one of them, I'm going to talk about uh, that a little bit today. And so, uh, so if you just slip your hand up, the ushers can bring you one of those cards. If you didn't get one, you want one. I see a few hands going up. So just keep them up. The ushers will find you while I'm talking. Um, but today we're going to begin a few weeks of talking about uh, our campaign that we've been doing for the last two years, Raising the Roof. How many people want to raise the roof in this place? I want to raise the roof. And, and so, uh, so I'll update you on where we're at and on where we're going and when this is going to happen and all that stuff. We have a lot more now set, uh, set up uh, and prepared for the f- near future. And, uh, and so this will be our last year of raising money for this building project. Everybody say, woo! That's what I'm talking about right? So this will be the last year. And and before anybody in this place gets worked up about us talking about money, you know we don't do this all the time, but but the mission here is not money. The mission here is not to to try to get you to give money. That's not the point. The mission here is to see lives change, right? It's about seeing God's kingdom come and his will being done here in this city, in this area. And, And I mean, it's amazing how many people this church is already reaching. Think about how many more we could reach if we would just blow the roof off this place, if we'd raise the roof, right? So we're going to do that. We're going to do it. You can either join us or not, but we're going to do it, right? So, so, um, 
So anyway, this is a lot less about money and a lot more about prayer, about hearing from the Lord, about seeking his guidance fully in your life before you make any moves, before you do anything, asking the Lord whether or not he is leading you, not me, right? He is leading you to be part of this project. So before we do that, let me pray again real quick and prepare us for the message. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that that you have a word for each one of us today. Father, I, I pray that as we take steps forward towards the future of your church here, Lord, that, that you lead us and you guide us and you make it very clear for us that we know exactly the steps we're supposed to take in being part of your body here and, and seeing your kingdom come. Father, give us ears that hear, hearts that understand, and minds that desire to live for you fully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So first off, uh, the fun stuff, right? Well, it's all fun, but uh, is, I want to talk about what happened in the last two years of the ca- campaign. Many of, you, um, many of you weren't even here two years ago. In fact, in this room, raise your hand if you started attending the church in, in less than two years ago. Raise your hand if you started. Look around, everybody. There's hands all over the place. All right, so cool. So you weren't even here when it started. Welcome. <laughs> and, and many of you are part of ministries now, and you, maybe your life has been changed by the Lord, or you're currently changing other people's lives with the Lord uh, in part of ministry here. I saw a lot of the hands that went up, and I recognize so many of you that are making a difference here at the church. And so, um, so there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about remembering the past, um, and, and using the testimony of the past to help us overcome in the future. It's Revelation 12, 11, and it says basically, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, right? So there's different tense there, but, but you, you hear that all the time. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And, and, and I think when we look at a building that costs $1.5 million in one of the poorest counties in the state of Michigan... That seems like a really big obstacle, doesn't it? That seems like something that's really big that we need to overcome. But when we look back at what God has done and what he's currently doing, um, we see through our testimony of what's happened in our past that all things are possible through Christ, right? Right? So I just want to look at at some some numbers, some things here uh, for you and give you an update. So the first year we started the pledge was uh, was in October 2014. um, And at that point... Um, our average attendance during the school year um, was 636 people per Sunday. Now, that counts kids. Um, now, of that amount of, of people, 138 of them were children in the children's church. Like, you're like, okay, have you ever been back there? <laughs> Do you realize what Keith and Stacy are facing back there? It's insane, okay? How many of you would like to be back there with 136 kids every Sunday? So that was, that was uh, the first year. And in that year, when we did the pledge, uh, $138,600-ish was pledged for the campaign. And we, you know, we know that we have to raise $500,000 before we can break ground. Okay, so... so um, we were told by everybody that we would actually receive about 70, what would end up coming in is about 70% of what's pledged is what you get out of a campaign like this. And so we were expecting to be somewhere around the $100,000 in the first year, um, but we had $156,000 come in, which is 20% more than what was said. So 
so we, so we together, we blew the charts away, right? And, and so, so that was year one. The church was growing. Um, by, the, by the next year, year two, last October um, 2015, um, we averaged on, on a Sunday 710 people. And we averaged um, 165 children in the back. It gets worse. <laughs> right? That's a lot of kids. And, and, and so uh, that building can, cannot sustain that. Um, so, so again, everybody, my, my dad's a pastor, been a long time, and he's a really great guy, but he was being kind of a pessimist with me. He's like, you won't do that with the pledge again this year. I mean, people are going to be tired of that. But not us, right? So we do, we do the pledge, and it comes in, and what comes in, uh, or what is on the paper that was pledged is 157,600. And, and again, everybody's like, you're going to get 70%, all that stuff. Um, to date, we still have an entire month left in this pledge. We have $188,327. So we are blowing it even further. So as of last Sunday, or Labor Day weekend... Which, which, by the way, usually is low, low attendance, and it wasn't. We had a ton of people here. It was awesome. Uh, we, we have now passed over the $350,000 mark that's been raised. So we still have a whole month here, and then we have really till April to raise the rest of the money. Now, we can do this, right? We can do this. God has a great plan for this church, and, and already he's, he's just blowing it away. So this is going to be a good thing. I'm looking forward to it. But last week, I made a comment about how easy it would be for us to say, well, we need a new sanctuary. I mean, look around. There's not a whole lot of room, and we're not really in the full swing of things yet. Um, we, two weeks ago, not Labor Day weekend, but the weekend before, um, we, like the college kids came back to school and everything, and we jumped by 200 people in one week. We went from having about 580 in the sanctuary, or yeah, in the service, to having 780 in the service in one week. And so we just know that God is going to continue to do that. In October, we're going to add our third service back, so we're going to make some more room. So if you're a 12, if you're a 12:30 kind of person, we'd love to see you then. Um, but anyway, our testimony is good, right? The church has had, had rough times in the past that I'm sure many of you know of, and, and like most churches do, but our testimony of what God has done in the last three and a half years blows it all off the charts. It's incredible. So I'm on the train of a good testimony, right? This is going to happen. God, God is doing a great, a great, great thing. So, um, so it'd be easy for us to say that we want a new sanctuary. And guys, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the same train. And it's easy for people to, to give to a new sanctuary because it's, what, it's the seat we sit in, right? I mean, I just did a whole series called Life as We Know It. And, and it's, it was all really about how the world is teaching us, society is teaching us that it's all about me. It's all about what I get out of life. It's all about, it's about my seat in the sanctuary. And so it's easy to say, well, I'm going to give because this is going to impact me. But we cannot forget about the children. We cannot forget about the next generation. We cannot forget about these people. They are being confronted with more immorality and, and, and more negative media than you and I will, rare, will ever experience. They are in, they're in a, a dangerous, dangerous position. They're facing greater temptation than, than ever with mobile media and with data and all that stuff on their phones. Like, everything is and will always be right at their fingertips. Pornography is running rampant because on a phone you can get to it right now. You can get to it instantly. 
And it's very hard to regulate those things. On the, so they are going to be in constant temptation, people. And we, we need to get real about how important it is that we lead and we guide this new, de- this new generation to know the Father, right? How important that is. So I want to share a story from Judges about God's people. And, and I think it's going to relate to this. So um, to intro that, you know, Moses leads the people out of Egypt. You remember that, right? That's a story most people know whether they're churched or not. He leads them out and they get all the way to the promised land or to the border of the promised land, Canaan, where they're supposed to go, where God says he's prepared a place for them to be. And they get there and, and because uh, they're really not in faith, they end up not being able to go in and they have to walk through the wilderness, right? And they walk around and it says all the people of that generation basically walk around until they die. Yay. What a nice God. We, what a great God we serve, right? Well, well the thing is, is, is when we get busy serving ourselves, it's hard for God to serve us, right? And that's what those people were doing. So anyway, that's not the story. Um, so Moses makes it through all this, and then right at the end of his life, he hands off leadership to a man named Joshua. And Joshua is the man that leads them into the promised land. He's the guy that does it. So, so I want to talk about what happens. And it's found in Judges 2, uh, verses 7 through 15-ish, somewhere like that. So let's start in 7. It says this. It says, The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him, or Joshua, and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. How many people want to live to 110? Not me. I want to go to heaven before that. That's crazy. 110? Anyway, um, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at at Timnath Ayers in the hill country of Ephraim, North Mountain. That stuff doesn't matter. He just was buried. Anyway, verse 10, it says this. It says, after that... After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, in, in other words, they had died and gone to be with their ancestors in, he, in heaven. That's a whole other theological thing. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, basically gone to heaven because um, it's Old Testament, right? We weren't worthy to go to heaven at that point. But anyway, um, it says this. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, listen, another generation grew up who, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. What? Wait a, wait a second. How is that possible? How, how is it even fathomable that the people who had seen God do all these unbelievable, incredible things, leading them out of Egypt, I mean, the sea moved apart. Could you imagine that? How do you not share that story with your kids? How do you not share that story with your grandkids? I mean, just, just the other day, I figured it out with, our, with our, our son that's a twin. He never wants to go to bed. He cries like crazy. I figured out that if I lay in bed with him and look at big buck pictures, deer pictures on my phone, which I love, <laughs> that he will go to sleep. But they're like pictures of me and my dad, who's grandpa to him, and, and all this stuff. And, and so, like, I'm telling him about, about the past, about history, right? Freshman in high school, September 11th, it's not really history. It really happened. It's not a fairy tale. Like, how in the world did this group of people not pass on that the Lord was good and he had done all these amazing things? But that's what happened. 
the adult generation decided, or at some point, did not do their job of passing on the word of the Lord and the experience they had had with the Lord, their testimony to help the next generation overcome. Judges 2.11, it continues, it says, this, this is talking about this new generation, this generation that doesn't know the Lord. It says, then the Israelites, this new generation, did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals, which are the pagan gods. They forsook the Lord, they, basically they said, we don't care about you, Lord. The God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt, they followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They aroused the Lord's anger. Listen, because they forsook him and, and served Baal and the Asherahs, which is another part of the God, the God worship, in his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them. Just as he had sworn to them, they were in great distress. Now that is a heavy story. The thought that our decisions today and whether or not we pass on our testimonies and the things the Lord has done in our life will impact the future of our children and our children's children. They were not raised to honor God, so they easily swayed to worshiping idols or really anything that they could get their hands on or that they were attracted to. They would worship it. They would focus on it. It's just like our kids today, man, with their phones. They idolize their phones. They worship celebrities. They want to look like these people who are fake and have spent billions of dollars on their face anyway. Like, like when, when, when did it change from being the person God created you to the person that Nicki Minaj is? Like, who cares who Nicki Minaj is, I want to be the person that, that God wants me to be. But they're not learning that. They're not being taught that. They're being taught that, that they need to live up to some beauty standard. That they need that it's okay to do all the things we talked about with marriage, like, like do it the world's way, because that's that's the better way. Wait a second, don't how many people here know that God's way is the best way? Raise your hand if you know that. Okay, so we need to be the kind of people that are gonna take that to the next generation. Otherwise, they're already on this path. Like, so, so what are we gonna do? How are you going to pass on your testimony so that they can be overcomers? So here at Res, we're, we're planning to do that in our own way. <laughs> we're, we're planning to do that. We're, to go back to the building, we're going to break ground in April, right after Easter. As long as everything's lined up and ready to go, they're actually going to have the trucks here in the fields around us with the steel for the new building stacked, ready to go, so that Monday after Easter Sunday, they're going to rip that thing down. And we're going. And, uh, and I mean, you, you've seen the, the plans are out there in the foyer if you want to look at them, but I thought maybe we'd bring them up here so I could talk about them for a second. Um, do we have those back there, Shane? I think we do. 
Okay, so that's as big as we can make it on the screen. Deal with it. Anyway, so the top part is just to, for those of you that haven't seen it or haven't paid attention to it in the foyer, just haven't maybe noticed it over there. The top part is our existing area, that top rectangle. Of course, where, where all the orange is, those are, that will be new. That'll be where our new office complex is because if you didn't know, down there is where our offices are in this existing uh, facility that's going to come down. Excuse me, they're going to expand the ladies' bathroom. Guys, you're stuck with it the way it is. Um, there will be a whole new entrance to the building, a whole new foyer. You see that gray area that's like the middle, smaller rectangle? That's a new foyer and commons area with an all-new all cafe and kitchen. Um, and then the, the bottom half, all that stuff's good, but the bottom half is where the ministry happens. That, that's where, I mean, in the main part, that's where fellowship happens, and ministry happens there too, but... But where, where your, your and my kids are, where your grandkids are, are going to be, and where the kids that, whether they're your blood or not, are your future, are going to be, is in that bot, those bottom two uh, like rectangles there. And, and so, so there's going to be a worship center area for the kids to have worship at and, and youth or other ministries to use during the week. One of the things we don't have now is any classrooms left. Everyone is booked basically every night of the week for some type of Bible study or class or group or something like that, including the sanctuary. The band doesn't even have a time during the week to come and practice because the sanctuary is used every night of the week, which is awesome, um, which we love that. And so this is going to make it possible. All those different rooms could be on a weeknight used uh, for classes and things like that. And, uh, and obviously, off to the bottom right, there's a big white space. There's kind of a little patio thing there that's an add-on. But that, that big white space is, is the future place for you. But before we focus on our own future, we need to start preparing for our kids' future. Before we get to that big white space, this other stuff needs to take precedence. It's funny, a parent will give their life for their child in a situation of dire moments, but when it comes to making sure their future turns out bright, like as far as more morally and all those other things, you're on your own, kid. But we're putting, this, we're putting our foot forward on this. So anyway, obviously the new building uh, we're planning to put right in, in, it'll be bigger footprint, but right in the spot in the footprint of where the current one is, and, and it'll be m much bigger, much more functional. So you can, you can put that down now. If you want to look up close, you can go in the foyer, you can look at it, um, and you can, it's right on the wall there if you're thinking about it. So anyway, uh, do you remember why we called it Raising the Roof? Do you remember the story that I used? It's a, it's a story, it's found in Mark, and it's a story about Jesus, but really it's a story about a, a few regular people like you and me. So let, I want to read it to you. Mark 2, um, it's verse uh, 1 through 5 here. Anyway, it says, A few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Now this is where... It gets interesting. Verse 3, it says, Some men came, bringing, him, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, by four men. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
Now, just hold on, to the, hold on to that. At this point in the story, then the Pharisees, the, the people, the religious leaders of the law, they're not really bad guys. They just thought they knew the law better than Jesus did. Is they, they attack Jesus, and they're saying, like, who gives you authority to forgive somebody? Only God can do that. And Jesus says, like, hello. But they didn't get that yet. And, and, and so he says this. He continues in Mark 2. Jesus says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Verse 12, he got up, took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. You see, we called this raising the roof because of what those four men, or the group of men, did for the paralyzed man. They were willing to tear down part of the building in order to see ministry happen, right? We will have to tear down part of our building in order to see ministry happen. So, you know, two become one. It's perfect. It's a marriage made in heaven. Anyway, so, uh, so it wasn't the thing that, that I wanted to point out and what I did point out two years ago is that it wasn't the faith of the paralyzed man that got him healed. It wasn't his faith. It was the men who carried him to the house and didn't stop when they came to the first obstacle and didn't stop when things seemed impossible. They got to the door and it said people were gathered outside the door. They couldn't get in. They couldn't even, apparently, not even close enough to hear Jesus' words because they were going to go to drastic lengths in order to get this guy inside the building. Now, who knows? Maybe it was somebody's brother or brother-in-law or mom, or not mom. I guess it was said it was a man. So dad, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, who knows the relationship this paralyzed person had with the men, but it says there were multiple men who came and they climbed on the roof and they ripped, they ripped open the roof in order that the paralyzed man could meet the Lord. Shouldn't it be our goal in life to help other people meet the Lord? Like, isn't that the one calling that Jesus, that God has given us? above all else, is go into all the world and share the gospel. Who is the gospel? It's Jesus. Shouldn't, shouldn't we want to help other people meet the Lord? Building a bigger, better sanctuary sounds great to all of us today, but when all of our, or when we, we are all dead and gone, if we haven't made it a priority to help our children and grandchildren meet Jesus, we'll just have a big empty sanctuary. Have you thought about that? Thought about all the mega churches out there today, and if they're not putting time, if we are not putting time into the next generation, those are going to be a bunch of empty seats. I went to, uh, when we were ministering in Florida, I was a youth pastor down there, and we took our youth group to the Acquire the Fire event at Without Walls Church, which um, used to be Carpenter's Home Church, which is a big name when it comes to churches. If you were a Christian back in the day during revivals, that was like, that was huge. And, and that church is in a very populated area of Florida, and, um, and we went there, and I couldn't believe how run down it was. I mean, it was like... It was, it was the dirtiest, 
just trash church I've ever been to. Like things are falling off the walls. There's cracks all over the floors. I mean, the place is just falling apart. It's just, it was terrible. And, and I didn't know, but the very next year, the land was sold and somebody bulldozed the church. It was one of the biggest churches in the United States of America just 20 years ago. But they couldn't fill the seats. Now, that seems really shallow, fill the seats. What I mean is the the people in that area were not following God to the point where there were enough believers to fill the churches. I don't care. I want every church in this city to be full. If you come talk to me after service and you're a first-time visitor, you know, if you've been here and you've done that, you know I'll say, if this isn't the church for you, I've got a bunch of recommendations. Because I don't care if you come to this church or where you go. I want the Lord to be in your heart daily. I want you to have a relationship with God that's life-changing. But don't, shouldn't we all want that for everybody, right? So Without Walls Church gets bulldozed over because there's, a not, there's nobody. The, the, the place has become very uh, non-Christian area, and it's, just, it's really turned into, well, the whole world's turning into Sodom and Gomorrah, isn't it? So we can save them. Can we save them? Let's do it from, from Little Big Rapids. Let's do it. Let's do it. So anyway, here we are. We're at the final stretch, the last time. I would like to ask you, and I know I'm a motivational speaker today, but forget every, all that other stuff I said except for the fact that we need to sow into our children. I would like to ask you to pray about whether or not God would have you sow into this project, this chance that we have in our church, in our circle, to be able to to minister to our children in a greater way, to, to be able to have the place where we can facilitate greater ministry, where we can bring kids in so that they can meet Jesus. That's what they do back there. Last week, uh, Pastor Keith was sharing with, with, with me, last week he got to report, uh, somebody put on Facebook about how their, their son had accepted the Lord back there at Kids Church. Yeah, and, and you think... And you think, well, there's like 160 of them every week. They probably all raise their hand every week. But, but it was a sincere, like it wasn't Pastor Keith who went, we had you know, four hands raised. It was a parent who said, I was talking with my child, and my child told me that they made Jesus Lord of their life. And, and Pastor Keith was able to share that with all the different workers in, children's, in the children's ministry. Guys, I want to see that happen in 20 times a Sunday. And it can. It can. If we can have the place to be able to bring the people into to bring the kids into. We can make a difference. We can change the future. We can keep this next generation from being the one that I read about in Judges. Over the next couple weeks, uh, we're going to be talking more about the pledge and about explaining the finances and where we're at and what this is all going to look like for the church in the future. But God is and, and has been doing great things here in this church. Everybody say amen if you feel that way. And, and, and let's raise the roof together and let's watch him do even more. All right? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, I pray uh, today that, that you will speak to each one of us and you'll give us honest, clear direction on whether or not we're supposed to be part of what's, what's going to happen here at the church. Father, I know that a motivational speech can just kind of work people up and get them excited about it, and then they just they do something that's not led by you. Lord, that's not what I want. I pray that each person here will, will go home 
and with their spouse, or if they're not married, that, with themselves and you, Father, that they will spend time asking you what to do. What you would have them do as far as being part of what we're doing for the future. Lord, you have given us such a great family, a great body of believers here, and, and I am so honored to be part of leading that group but Father, we, you know and we all know that we need each one of us to be part of the body of Christ, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, the teenagers who are, Father, I pray they beat the adults at bringing in peanut butter and jelly. And I pray that's not because the adults don't try. Let us make a difference in this area. Let us be a light that shines, a city on a hill. With everybody's eyes closed, if you're here today, and I know the message wasn't about this, but if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you're not part, you have not been part of the family or the body of Christ. You're, you don't feel like a child of God, but you want to today. You want to know that you're going to heaven. Like the generation before the one that fell apart in Judges. You want to know the Lord. You want to be an overcomer because of your, your testimony. You want, to, you want to live the life that God has laid out for you, not one that you are laying out for yourself. If that's you today, with everybody's eyes closed, right where you're at, just slip your hand up. Is there anybody who wants to make Jesus Lord of their life? Awesome. Awesome. Keep your hand up high if you make that choice. The ushers are just putting something in your hand. Don't look at it now. Just information for later. Everybody else's eyes are closed. Awesome. Praise God. So we're going to say a prayer right in just a second here. And, and the word says that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, that he really is God, that you are saved, that you are part of the family of Christ, that your life is now not your own, but it's greater because you have God in it. So we're going to pray, and that's the first part, confessing with your mouth. But the next part, the heart part is the hard part, okay? That's the part where you believe and you walk each day believing. So let's pray together. Say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross, defeat the grave, and rise again so that I could be saved. I am a sinner, and I struggle with sin, but today I'm a new creation, a child of God remastered and remade living for you I make you Lord of my life lead me and guide me from this day on as I live for you in Jesus name amen 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 yeah God is so good God is so Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.